Hello, and welcome to Hush Plus One. This week, we have an interview that we did last summer with Grayson Earl. Grayson is an activist and technological artist, and he came by our office to discuss ways that he has been able to use his talents to further important social causes and participate in protests and direct action. He's also one of the creators of Bail Block, a cryptocurrency scheme against bail that you can run on your computer now. I could go on, but I'll let him tell you about it. My name is Grayson Earl. I'm an artist based in Brooklyn, formerly a visiting professor at Oberlin College, currently freelance professor awaiting employment. Uh, I'm involved in the Illuminator Art Collective and uh, I created something called Bail Block. Um, this summer I'm a tech resident at Pioneer Works. I'm going to be making tools for striking and unionizing workers and uh, I'm very excited about it. That actually takes me to uh, a couple things I was going to ask. What is the Illuminator? The Illuminator is a Guerrilla Video Projection Collective. Uh, we got started during Occupy Wall Street. We have a van uh, with a very powerful projector, essentially. So we'll go around New York City. Also, we've been to like London and Alaska and France. And how do you get your van to London? Uh, oh yeah, well we have a really expensive uh, airdrops. No, we um, <laughs> we just we fly the projector uh, and then rent you know some a different some, van. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but we you know we project political messaging onto building. Uh, essentially, um, uh, that can, you know, take the place as like, of like, uh, if some workers are having a grievance, um, maybe we'll project, you know, uh, what their grievances are onto the building that they're working in so that people who might otherwise, you know, uh, go there to buy pizza or whatever, uh, see that message first. Um, or, you know, we try and get in the newspaper or that kind of thing. What are some of the more widely seen things that you've done with the Illuminator project? We've done uh, some projections on, so we did a projection onto the Met uh, for which we were arrested uh, after David Koch donated $60 million to the museum to have his name, you know, uh, put on the the fountain outside. Uh, We projected uh, the Met brought to you by the Tea Party. Um, We projected the, you know, 99% symbol onto the Verizon building back in the day, back when, you know, sort of uh, proto-illuminator. 2011? Yeah. which yeah. now seems like a long time ago. So long ago. Uh, and, uh, you know, we projected it onto... The, we've done so many at this point. Uh, countless, countless projections. This take up a significant amount of your time still? You just find yourself on a project for the Illuminator? All the time, yeah. It's a labor of love. We, you know, we try and recruit new members, actually. And, like, I'd say, you know, four out of five times, they sort of... You know, they're like, oh, okay, this is way more than I had bargained for. And then so they sort of drop off. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's also really enjoyable, you know, once you get into it and you like got a feel for everything. Are the are the projections um, mapped with special software onto the onto the buildings? Yeah, we had a, you know, Mad Mapper generously gave us some licenses. So we, Great. yeah, but usually we're doing some pretty simple stuff, just kind of correcting for wherever the hell our van is parked. <laughs> Keystoning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. So you started doing that during Occupy and then you started moving into a few more things. Um, can you just, just kind of go through like a chronological thing of some of your some of your greatest hits yeah yeah greatest hits so yeah illuminator 
Um, I ended up making a uh, an arcade game called Launch a Banker that uh, is exactly what it sounds like. I totally played that game. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, where where did you? No, no, I didn't play it. I saw it. I think I saw it on a on a blog. Oh, right. I was on. like, I was like, no, there was something like that that you could download, but it couldn't have been that one. Yeah, well, but I definitely could, saw. Yeah, because uh, it. I installed it at uh, the arcade cabinet. Moved around a bit. It was at Star Bar in Bushwick. Sure. And then, um, oh. Then maybe I did play it at Starbar. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so that was that was really fun. Just to, and like you know, it didn't cost anything to play. So to just watch like drunk people sort of stumble up to this like innocuous seeming video game and, and launch a banker, and then like yeah, <laughs> my I'm trying to like work my politics subtly into their <laughs> drunken mind. Uh, so yeah, you were doing that probably in what like 2013 something like that. So yeah, that sounds about right. Um, uh, I made a, another project called NSA Haiku Generator. Uh, the idea was that, uh, so the Freedom of Information Act provided uh, like 700 words or something that the NSA and the Department of Homeland Security were using to kind of comb our electronic movements and communication, or you know the 700 that they admitted to at the time. Um, and so I made something that sort of took this corpus of words, and then there's a website, nsahaiku.net, and you could generate a poem out of the words uh, haiku, and then you could tweet it out. You could tweet it at Barack Obama at the time, uh, or you could like email it or whatever. And so the idea is that it would like you know saturate the internet with these sensitive search terms, thus sort of jamming the surveillance apparatus, changing the signal to noise ratio for sure. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, and it had its like viral moment, and you mm-hmm. know, like tens of thousands of people were sort of. It, it's just funny to me. Like you've mentioned all these things in in the, the previous presentation as you did, and I just didn't realize that I had been following your work for a decade. (laughs) I should probably like make my name more prominent. Make your name more prominent. Yeah. And I was like, I was like all this cool stuff. It's all you. It's all you. That's great. Tell me a little more about bail block. I remember when bail block came out and it had its viral moment and I installed it and I ran it for quite a long time and I'm definitely going to make sure it's running again. Nice. After the end of this, um, (laughs) tell us about some of that, what that is and, why you made it? Yeah, well, it's a, basically a, a distributed cryptocurrency mining program. Uh, it was inspired by something called SETI at Home, which was you know something that the Berkeley SETI lab devised because they you know couldn't afford uh, a supercomputer, and so they made this software that you could download as a volunteer or participant, and your computer would like you know take the data from the satellite array crunch it into a usable format and send it back to SETI. And it worked. Like, they effectively created an ad hoc supercomputer. Um, so I kind of combined that idea with cryptocurrency mining, which is, you know, to put it very briefly, uh, this sort of, like, opt-in level of participation on a crypto network. So, like, let's just say Bitcoin, because people are familiar with that. You know, you dedicate your computer's power, <clears throat> you dedicate your computer's power to solving, you know, transactions on the network. And then as an incentive, you get coin in return. Um, what I hear it was uh, solving a million Sudokus for space bucks that you can buy drugs with. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that basically, <laughs> you know, that's, that's crypto in a nutshell. Uh, and so, uh, bail block is like, uh, it's an application that you can download and it is mining crypto. It's mining a currency called Monero in the background of your computer. Uh, it, you know, takes about as much energy and resources as a YouTube video. 
Um, and, but you know, if you have hundreds of people doing this, um, simultaneously, then you can actually start to accrue a lot of Monero. And then, um, we take that at the end of, you know, some period of time, kind of like depending on market forces and so on and, uh, exchange it for us dollars and then, uh, give it to, originally we were giving it to our partners at the Bronx freedom fund, and then they would bail people out of jail with that money. And now we're supporting the Connecticut, um, immigrant bond fund. Uh, and so they're helping people who have been recently detained by ICE. Um, and uh, it's definitely worth mentioning that Bail Block is something that I've been doing as a collaboration with uh, a number of other people and, uh, you know, the new inquiry. Um, and uh, so uh, not just a solo project. Not just mine. a solo project. Um, there are a bunch of people working on it. Right, right. And how much have you raised to get people out of jail? Um, so to date, it's something like $10,000, I think. Uh, after five weeks, that was our most successful period of time because it was kind of just at the height of the crypto craze. Um, we had raised, uh, $3,300 and then, uh, shortly after that, the market kind of tanked and, you know, Monero went from being worth like $250 to like $40 or something like this. And so we've sort of slowly been watching it rise again. And now I think we'll be cutting a check again soon because it's a good moment for that. What specifically got you interested in these uh, social causes that made you want to draw attention to them with your art and technology? I mean... When did you find yourself actually caring about these things? Right. I guess that's the question, right? Yeah. It's like, when did you become politically conscious or something? I mean, I don't know. I guess it's like you have to credit your parents or, or, or other artists who are like, you know making you care about this stuff. Somebody who you thought was cool that you were hanging out with that told you about a bunch of stuff you didn't realize or. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Like a lot of, you know, really strong patient people in my life who have been willing to kind of like sit me down and explain things to me. Uh, and then also just, I think I grew up in a really, uh, conservative small town. And so like, I was really fortunate. Where was that? Placerville, California. Okay. It's like, I think the second most conservative county in California. And then I moved to the first most conservative county, Orange County to go to college. (laughs) So, uh, I think it, you know, part of it is kind of like rebelling against that. And like, luckily I got, I received, you know, punk music somehow. Like I think I came across it in my sister's room or something. Sure. Uh, and that was like a big, a big moment for me was like, experiencing radical radical politics from from that i guess instead of starting a punk band you started doing punk things (laughs) yeah totally exactly and now it's cool like for a while doing computer stuff was not cool not as cool as being in a band but now it's cool now i think computers might be cooler than being in a band wow which is really crazy right (laughs) so you just spent the last year at oberlin oberlin college Yeah. yeah um i was a visiting professor there taking over for someone who had received a Guggenheim grant for the year. Okay. Um, actually, if you can ever get her in here, she'd be an amazing person to talk to. Julia Christensen. She's actually, it's funny we brought up SETI because are you familiar with the golden disc? Absolutely. Yeah. So it's like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but basically part of the original, was it Voyager? Yes. Uh, and so, you know, shot into space. And like the idea was that eventually it would kind of move beyond the boundaries of our solar system. So this disc had things like jazz on it. Um, uh, I don't know what else. Some, some like nature sounds. Nature sounds. Some people talking about some stuff. Yeah. It's like 
some pictures that are simple, super low bit like right. drawings of things and yeah. yeah. So it's like a cultural artifact for if someone discovers this for whoever finds it in ten billion years. Right. And so Julia is working on kind of the new version of that with JPL and NASA. Um, you know, like what would what is the golden disc now? You know, and they're talking about all kinds of wild stuff, like an AI that like you know produces culture like while it's you know en route to its destination on Proxima B or whatever. Um, and I'm sure it will it will get there faster than Voyager ever would. Yeah, right. It's going <laughs> to overtake Voyager yeah. in about three years. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so she got a Guggenheim grant. And so like many of these things go, um, uh, she was able to take the year off and then I kind of came in, uh, in her place and, you know, taught a bunch of classes, taught a class on cryptocurrencies, a class on simulations as artwork, um, political art classes and everything. It was totally rad. The students were incredible. They made really interesting work. Um, it was a great experience other than living in Ohio. How do you feel about uh, being back in New York? It's the best thing that's ever happened to me. I feel like we were talking about this earlier, but if anyone ever gets tired of living in New York, like just do, just go for just six months, <laughs> go somewhere else, and then you'll realize that it was a huge mistake, and then you come back. And so you're you're doing a residency at Pioneer Works, yeah, um, starting July first, July first. So very very soon, yeah. Um, and what are you? specifically going to be doing there? I'm working on a series of tools for striking and unionizing workers um, and also kind of trying to connect that to a history of antagonism in the workplace. Uh, So like one story that I was just telling in the other room is um, the word sabotage. It's a French word and the root is sabot, which is uh, means a worker shoe. Um, and so when the peasants had come from, you know, uh, outside of Paris to inside of Paris during the, you know, rapid industrialization, when all the jobs kind of got absorbed into the city, they were, of course, met with some pretty exploitative labor practices. And one of the things they would do to sort of like retaliate or to kind of like draw a line uh, was throw their shoes into the machinery to stop it from operating. And that was like their only sort of bargaining technique was to withhold labor in that way. Um, and so that's where we get the word sabotage is like to throw a shoe into the machines. Um, and so kind of like imagining what that sort of tool looks like in this, you know, highly contemporary context, uh, where what's the, machi- the, the new shoe. Well, yeah. What's the new shoe and what's the new machine? Um, you know, so I've, I developed a prototype for something that like shuts down, uh, any Wi-Fi uh, network in an area, for example. And that would have the effect, I think equally in most workplaces. FCC is going to be all up on you. Yeah. On yeah. Well, it's art. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, Ricardo Dominguez, uh, blaze some territory for me here. He, uh, uh, kind of recontextualize a DDoS, uh, you know, d- distributed denial of service attack as art, uh, or actually as a virtual sit-in, as he put it, when he took down the uh, World Economic Forum website for, as part of like an art performance. So, uh, but it will be interesting, like thinking about how to, uh, yeah, not go to jail. <laughs> I mean, as long as you don't go to jail for very long, it might be worth it. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> Does the FCC have their own jail? Uh, I think they just fine you a lot. Oh, okay. That's great because I have just tons of money. Just infinite money. <laughs> um, so are there any any last things you want to say before we wrap up here? Um, 
Gosh, I don't know. I mean, it depends. If this podcast makes it out before September 15th, then anyone living in New York can come to uh, Second Sundays at Pioneer Works, which is a you know public-facing event, and there's all sure. kinds of interesting artists there. And Abram Finkelstein is there now. He's the guy that uh, well, he and his collective created the Silence Equals Death poster. Um, there's a bunch of other great artists there as well. So if you come on a second Sunday to Pioneer Works, you can see what we're working on. And uh, there's usually like, I think, music and whatever else going on. It's in Red Hook too, so that's really cool. All right. Well, thank you so much for showing up and telling us what you're doing. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. Thanks. Thanks.